Good morning. It's March 13th. It's a gloomy morning in New York City with a nor'easter on the way. And this is your Indignity Morning Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Skoka, taking a look at the day and the news. After a weekend of bold libertarian tech leaders screaming and wailing on Twitter for the government to save them from the consequences of their own bad decision-making, the government obligingly did so. FDIC will bail out Silicon Valley Bank. People with uninsured deposits over $250,000 will get their deposits insured. It's tempting to say this is because there's no penalty for being stupid in America if you're rich, but the fact of the matter is that undersells it. There might be no such thing as being stupid if you're rich. It's very easy as a normal person to sit here and say, well, if you put your fortune in an uninsured deposit and then you and your friends get together in a group chat and panic each other into making a run on the bank so that the bank collapses and you can't access your deposits, then you shouldn't be surprised to lose your money. But that's because we're not rich. If you're rich, you know that no one can take away your money. You are the person who the system is set up to protect, not the pretend system where there are rules that are supposed to control how much risk everyone exposes other people to. Under that system, if you have $300,000 in the bank, say, and that's all the money you have, maybe you sold your house and you're holding on to it. Well, if the bank goes down, $50,000 of that money is gone. There's a limit to how much of your personal damage you can ask the rest of the world to absorb on your behalf. But if you have hundreds of millions of dollars, you better get all your hundreds of millions of dollars back. This is not the time for moral hazard lectures, or for lust administering, or for alarm about the political consequences of bailouts, tweeted Larry Summers yesterday. Larry Summers is, by any independent standard, a complete buffoon and failure, someone who has positioned himself at the juncture of hugely important historical events and managed to make them worse, a man who labored diligently to set Russia after the Cold War onto the path toward collapse into kleptocracy, who made sure that the Obama administration's response to the global financial crisis would not do anything to make the lives of its victims any better and would protect the institutions that caused it from any long-term consequences. The man who was most recently seen sitting on a tropical beach doing a TV hit about why the Fed needed to make sure that more people would be thrown out of work. Larry Summers doesn't want to hear about moral hazard. certainly doesn't want to hear about political consequences. There are no consequences for Larry Summers, and there never have been. When a catastrophe hits you and wipes you out, you got to go on social media and maybe beg people to help you with a GoFundMe. When Larry Summers' people seem to bring a catastrophe down on themselves, he goes on social media to dictate the terms of how they'll get bailed out and to tell you to shut up about it. In other news about just how hard it is to get consequences when you deserve them, the Times has a front-page story about University of Pennsylvania law professor Amy Wax, who is finally facing a faculty hearing that may impose a major sanction on her after years of gleeful, unchecked gutter racism publicly and by many accounts in private, in which she expressed her full contempt for the students that she has to teach if those students aren't white. The people who are clinging to the miserable task of somehow defending her are trying to draw a line between her unacceptable expressions of personal racial animus toward other people that she's accused of and her public statements about exactly why she would treat those people with personal racial animus, on the grounds that the latter, however distasteful they may be, are the free expression of a tenured academic in the public sphere, for which there should never be any punishment. One of those misbegotten proceduralists tells the Times that there's a bright line between 
quote, I don't like affirmative action, quote, and, quote, you, African-American student, only got in because of affirmative action, which is a trivially true statement about a theoretical version of Amy Wax in which those are the things she says. Unfortunately, the actual Amy Wax doesn't say, I don't like affirmative action, or she probably does, but she supplements it by saying that black people are inherently intellectually inferior and that Asian people lack the moral character to participate in democracy. So what's the point, really? Anyway, real missed opportunity by the Times not giving this one to Michael Powell, their anti-woke beat reporter. Would have been fascinating to see how he framed this one up to fit his worldview. That is the news. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe to Indignity to keep us going. And may the world throw some of its benevolence your way instead of reserving it all for the creeps.